Yeehaw! All right, so it's always one of those dilemmas when you spent the whole year, right, with the same sermon title, same message title all year long. God said it. I knew how I was going to start every Sunday morning of 2022. I even asked y'all a few years ago, how many of you know the introduction to this message? And most people in the room went, all four gatherings. Yep, we know it. Right? Because I've preached that introduction that God said it every Sunday. And so, so this year as I'm, I, I was preparing as much as I think it's about in August when I began to put together some of the thoughts and really praying about what it is that God uh, was sort of laying on my heart for 2023. And I thought, all right, what is it that, that, that we, we want to, I don't want to say emphasize. I don't want to say prioritize. This is what we just like to kind of highlight, uh, uh, about who we are. Uh, as the body of Christ, who are we? What, 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 what's important? And so years ago, I kind of established sort of the, the, the this practice in January that we're going to introduce the gathering. Now you guys have been here. I'm looking around the room. Most everybody in the room's been here. You know the gathering. You know who we are and all that sort of thing. But this morning we're going to spend some time kind of going back over those things. And I want to ask this question because I want you to uh, we're going, we're going to put it sort of in a different context. Um, can you count on God? Yes. Why? Because he's God. But why can't we count on him? Because? Because we belong to him? Okay, let me play the child now. You ready? Why? Here you go. Lee hit it. Boom. He just drove the nail all the way in the tree. You ready? Because he loves us. He loved us first. He loved us most. He loves us best. So, so when we consider uh, that being the, 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 the fundamental ground level beginning spot of, of our identity in Christ, who we are in Christ. I mean, I, I challenge people all the time that, that if your who am I answer doesn't start with Jesus, you need to rearrange your answer. Okay? Because if life, if identity, if who am I is not about Jesus, then 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 we we've made it about something else. And and quite honestly, that's wrong. You see, because when we are adopted, when we belong to Jesus, that's the priority of our lives, and that starts with the fact that God loved us first and most and best. So this morning's message is just entitled "Welcome to," and and when I when I sent that that outline out and everything, Michael Michael called me and he said uh, I'm going to be entering the outline for Sunday morning, and the title just says "Welcome to," and I went, "Yeah." He said, "You want me to leave it that way?" And I went, "Yeah." Right. So I just want to welcome you. Welcome to 2023. Welcome to the gathering. Uh, we're we're, we're going to make this year uh, about some things that I believe God highlights for us throughout his word. Some things that, that, that should be important in our lives. And if they're not, then guess what? Something needs to change. All righty. Today, the gathering, um, Today's message is really more along the lines of, of, of explanation. We're going to start in Mark 12, verses 28 to 34. 
Okay, Mark 12. Still be reading the CSB, Christian Standard Bible. This is the way it goes. One of the scribes approached. When he heard them debating and saw that Jesus answered them well, he asked him, which command is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is, listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other command greater than these. Now, I'm going no, to read. Here you go. Then the scribe said to him, you're right, teacher. Don't you love it how this guy presumes to tell Jesus he's right? I, I, anyway, I, you have correctly said that he is one and there is no one else except him. And to love him with all your heart, with all your understanding and with all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself is far more important than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you're not far from the kingdom of God. No one dared to question him any longer. Pray with me, all righty? Father, we, we do bow before you today and, and ask God simply that you would grow us, help us. God, we just praise you for what you've done, that you loved us, that you redeemed us. God, that, that Jesus died on a cross that we might have salvation, that, that, that we've been gifted this relationship with our Creator through the shed blood of Jesus. God, this morning we thank you. And so God, I, I, I want to agree with many. God, it's important that we get this right. That, that, that we understand what it means to belong to you. So God, as we consider the, 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 just the main premise of who we are as the gathering, God, help us to, to set that as our desire for the year. I just pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. It's interesting that the name, the gathering, and I've told people before, and some people have misunderstood it, uh, the word ecclesia or ecclesia, or however you want to pronounce it, um, is a Greek word. It comes from two words, ek, meaning out of, and, and lysia. Anyway. Um, the two Greek words come together to mean the called out ones in noun form, okay? To call someone out. So if, if I'm having a meeting and I want you and you and you and you to be there, then I issue a, a call, I issue a, a, an announcement, I, I, I make you aware that I want you to meet, right? So I call you out. To come to a meeting. So, so what God has done is, is that in the naming of the body that we are, it, it is this effort of God to call us out from where? Did God just simply call me out from Greenwood, South Carolina? No, God called us out of the rest of all the world. That, that, that God has invited us and offered to us this gift that we might receive salvation, redemption, regeneration, you see? So, so, so the gathering comes from that word. In the first century Greek, that word meant assembly or gathering. Uh, it was referred to um, 
civically, for instance, as, as, as coming together, uh, when, when, when a community, say, say the town of Corinth, the city of Corinth, was called together for a city meeting at the Bema seat, the judgment seat. That was an ecclesia, an ecclesia. That was a gathering, right? So, so uh, years ago, we had a college group at a church that I pastored, and, and the young man that was leading it called it the gathering. So when I came to Surf City in September of 2009, um, we weren't much of a gathering, to be honest. There were some folks here. There's a handful, right? And yet I noticed it on this island that, that there was a lot of people here. September, it was Labor Day weekend. Uh, I got here on the Sunday... I think it was somewhere around the, I don't know, fourth or fifth, something like that. And um, Monday it rained 12 inches. So that yard across the street from me was a swimming pool, right? Tuesday there were tumbleweeds in the street because everybody was gone. It's like Labor Day, poof, the island emptied out. I was like, oh my goodness. There's nobody here, you know. I thought, man, what, God, what, what, what are we doing, right? And 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 I'd sit right down here, and Eli was six years old, and 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 we'd do children's time down here, and Miss Angie Fussell, who still teaches class back there, she'd do the children's time. She'd come down here, and Eli was the only kid. And I remember sitting on that front row crying one Sunday, thinking, Oh God, what have I done? What have I done to him? Right? One kid. He goes to Sunday school. One kid. He got all the attention. Of course, he's an only child, so he's used to that. Right? But God began to show me something and began to plan something in my heart and, and, and to show me that, that, that as a body, we, we needed to open the doors. Right? We needed to, to first of all, make worship our priority, that we needed to worship well. And we needed to do it um, in, in, in such a way that, that people would come in and, and, <clears throat> and know that they were here first to love God back. We gather to love God back. If you don't show up in this place to love God back, then don't come back. That's mean, isn't it? I shouldn't say things like that as a pastor. Right? I should be saying, oh, bring more. No. If we're not here for the right reasons, then we're wasting our time. So we want to love God back in worship. So when we're singing, I mean, I love that. Jesus, worthy of honor and glory. You know, and I just stop and go, I just love you. I love you, God. So, so the priority is to love God back. Why? Because the most important command given throughout Scripture, because Jesus is, 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 is quoting from, from Deuteronomy. See, when God spoke to his people and said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one God. Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. See that? Jesus is quoting the Old Testament, the, the law. The Torah. Guess what? If God's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and we saw that in Hebrews, right? 
then that's still the greatest command on our lives is that we love God. Love God first. Love God most. Love God best. See? This is the definition, <clears throat> identity, uh, that I sort of worded for the gathering years ago. It says this. The gathering is a worship community. Why do I call it that? Because worship is our priority. Set that up years ago. I said, we're going to worship. If, if there's some activity or group or organization or something else in, in the construct of who we are that takes away from worship, we're going to kill it. Because we don't want anything to get in the way of our worship. Okay? So we worship. We're a worship community. And, and then I preached a whole series one year dealing, like I'm doing this year, this, I'm making this the priority. Uh, I preached this whole series uh, one year on passion. A passionate God. You know, there's one of the, um, what do they call them, the creedal statements that said, uh, God uh, who has no passion. And I thought, oh my no, I, I, I want God. No, I don't mean passion like the world defines it. I mean passion that God loves passionately. Not like the world defines it, but the definition of God's love for us. You look it up all over the place. You see it a lot in the New Testament, in the Greek, the agape love. And, 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 and when we started teaching congregations Greek, you know, in the messages and that sort of thing, suddenly people just start throwing that word around, agape, 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 agape. And the truth is, we can't even conceive of agape love. We can experience it. Uh, we can... We can acknowledge that that's the way God loves us. But folks, we can't even begin to understand the depth of God's love for us. We can see the examples, Jesus on the cross. That's certainly an example of God's incredible love, right? We, we can see God taking care of us, right? But that leads us into some, sort of the selfish definition of God's love, that, that God loves me, and I, I notice that God loves me when he takes care of my problems. Therefore, if he's not taking care of my problems, then what? God doesn't love me? See, we don't understand the depth of, of uh, and I wrote the word down. Here you go. You ready? Unconditional. Unconditional love. Man, overwhelming love. See, God loved us that way before we ever lived, before we were ever conceived of. And so when I look at this, we're a worship community of passionate people, loving God through worship, sharing his love with others by living Jesus together in and to this community. See, that's who the gathering is. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. There's some folks who come to the gathering looking for church. See, now, yeah, we're in the definition biblically of the word church because everywhere you see church in the Bible, it's ecclesia or ecclesia. Okay? Called out ones to be literal in the definition. 
the call-out ones. It's not a building. It's not a steeple. It's not a club. It's not a membership. It's an identity in Christ. See? So, so the gathering is a worship community of passionate people loving God through worship, sharing his love with others by living Jesus together in and to the community, this community. And, and the idea being that, that we make worship the priority. Guess what? By making worship the priority, there's some things we don't do as well as other churches do. Right? There's some things that we, we yeah, it, it kind of, can I tell you where the strength of the gathering is? Gathering. Strength of the gathering is in gathering. When you're here, man, we're going to get the opportunity to love God. We're going to get the opportunity to love each other. See? Now, the key to that is, is that when we come together, that we make those our priority. So, when I say welcome to the gathering, what I'm saying is welcome to loving God. Welcome to loving Him back. And so what we want to do is we want to do and act lovingly toward God. I've used this illustration before. Can I tell you I love you and then smack you? My dad would say yes. Right? Huh? Mine too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing this because I love you, son. Mm -hmm. Right. Right? But the truth of the matter is, is that uh, loving God is not simply about uh, an emotion, because that's different kind of Greek loves. I mean, the eros and phileo and the other love, storge, I think is the fourth one that, that they sort of, sort of threw in there. But the idea being that uh, an agape love back to God is, is not singularly emotional. It's not singularly a, a, a priority structure kind of thing. It is an all-encompassing heart, soul, mind, strength. Before I do or say anything, I have to consider, is this loving toward God? Any action of my life, any words out of my mouth, any consider, or if not, then what I'm doing is doing selfishly for self. Okay, now when I get to point two, you're gonna see how this kind of comes together. All right, because loving God, loving God back is that I am going to do and act lovingly toward God. Now, can I, for instance, I'll pick Crystal over here. If I want to do something for Crystal, right, serve Crystal in some way. Is that selfish? No. I mean, just, just to give to somebody else, to serve somebody else without any expectation or anything in return, see? Because that's the second greatest command is to live Jesus, to love your neighbors as yourself. And it's an agape love in that context also. When we read this in Mark, what we see here is that agape love, this idea of, of love God, agape God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second is, agape your neighbor as yourself. There's no greater command than these. And so I'm going to love my neighbor unconditionally. Years ago, I was um, at a town council meeting. Because <laughs> I went for years, every month, I went to town council meetings. I mean, I was in the community. I, I wanted to know what was going on. Usually sat in the back, generally by the ch chief of police, because that's a safe place to sit. And different issues would come before the town council, and I would listen. 
I hardly ever commented. Made my first mistake when I did comment one time. But I just sit there and listen. The first time I ever commented at a town council meeting, I was sitting there listening and, and people would get up and, and they were going to take our, I think it was like a three-page dog and pet ordinance. And they were going to change it to like a 21-page dog and cat ordinance. And, and I heard this person stand up and say, it's your job to the town council to, to guarantee uh, the, the well-being of this community. And in my, in my heart, I was just like, uh-uh. No, it's not. As a matter of fact, if that's their job, they failed miserably and always will. At, at being the responsible person to create this harmony and community. No, it's the community's responsibility to create community. So I got up at the town council meeting. And I told him, I said, folks, if it's your job to make sure the well-being and harmony of this community, and I'm sorry, you, you're not going to succeed. I said, and besides, if my neighbor's dog's using my yard as his restroom, I'm not going to call the police department. I'm not going to come before the next town council meeting. I'm going to go talk to my neighbor, and I'm going to love him. I'm going to let him know, you know, I love you. You're my neighbor. Is there any way I can serve you? Is there any way I can help you? Will it help you? for me to pick up your dog's stuff. And then I sat down. You know what they didn't do? <laughs> they didn't revise the dog ordinance. They left it as a three-page ordinance. They tabled it. If it came up later, I don't know. <clears throat> but the point was there, not the dog. The point was to love your neighbor. Because if you're not loving your neighbor... What if your neighbor's lost and then you, God wants you to have the opportunity to share the good news with them. But you've made this big, and forgive me, but I'm using the pun intentionally, you've made this stink over his dog. You're never going to have the opportunity to share Jesus with that neighbor. See? So this is the core of our identity, that we love God and that we love our neighbors as ourselves. Do lovingly toward God. Do lovingly toward others for God. You see, that's what God's called us to do. We're to stand out in the world that way. We're to be different that way. Can I just go ahead and tell you, I'm not always good at it. You know? Y'all know we have a state patrolman that attends the gathering? His name's Gray Elliott. I told him, I said, Gray, I said, do you ever notice me driving? He says, oh yeah, I know your car. <laughs> My next words were just simply, well, thank you. <laughs> right? Right? You see what I mean? We're supposed to do lovingly toward God and do lovingly toward others for God. 
Because that's how God intended that the gospel would be advanced. That we'd have the opportunity to share Jesus with others. So we're a worship community that, 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 that of passionate people loving God through worship, sharing his love with others by living Jesus together in and to the community. So in order for the gathering to continue, in order for the gathering to, to be um, sort of relevant, but, but more than relevant, to be, to be intentionally catalytic, just came up with that intentionally catalytic in our community for the kingdom of God. we got to work together. We've got to love each other. You know, the Bible actually talks about this. The New Testament kind of lays this out. Is that within the body of Christ, that's our first love of neighbor. Is loving within the body first. And yet the body of Christ, the church in the modern era, has done that horribly. Man, I, I, you know, I get to talk to pastors. I hang out, and I find out that 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 I talk to. All right, so um, a friend of mine is the head of the Baptist State Convention down in Florida, and he said something on the phone Friday when I was driving back that. I called him and we were talking and he said, you know, he said, we tell everybody that we're all about cooperation. I'm talking about the Southern Baptist Convention. And he said, but you know, the truth is we don't cooperate with anybody. He said, and he said, and the more I'm involved in the leadership of the Southern Baptist Convention, he said, what I'm finding is we don't cooperate with each other either. I was like, wow, man. Have we not done a real disservice to the God who loved us first? Because we act selfishly rather than lovingly. You see? Now, guess what? I know I'm just Bobby, and I just get to talk to y'all. I can't go fix the world. But my friend Will back there and I have been walking together for three years. And I said, Will, you know what? I said, whatever is going on in the world, I can't change. I said, but it doesn't have to have an impact on how I behave today and how I love the people I come in contact with. I don't care what, you know, the politics and the news and the, health care and a man has our world not been stirred up in the last three years do you know it hasn't once changed how I have the opportunity to love my neighbor as myself and it hasn't once changed how we as the gathering in our identity right are going to love each other so that the world because Jesus is the one who said in John 13 he said they will know the world will know. Lost people will know you are my disciples if you love one another. The gathering. Agape God, agape Jesus, agape each other. We walk together 
in love. Welcome. Glad you're here. Welcome to the gathering. One of the things we usually do in the first part of the year is is go over this. This is called the uh, gathering's covenant relationships. Some of you have never seen this because we only really talk about it in January. Uh, It's a four-point sort of covenant together. Let me read you the preamble. It says, Having received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, having been baptized and being in agreement with the gathering's purpose and priorities, I am led by the Holy Spirit to enter into this covenant relationship with the gathering. In so doing, I commit myself to God and to, and to the body to do the following. Four things. They're all spelled out. But first one is to protect the unity of the gathering by acting in love toward each other. <laughs> What have I been preaching on? I will protect the unity of the gathering by refusing to gossip. I will protect the unity of the gathering by following the leadership. God set up shepherds. Sorry, I'm all you got. We have others. We have helpers. Help other shepherds. Second thing says, I will share the responsibility of the gathering by praying for its growth. Now, growth is not a number thing. It's a, it's a spiritual thing. By inviting the unchurched to worship. By warmly welcoming those who visit. See, if you were ever a visitor at the gathering and you were not warmly welcomed, I need to know that. Because, yeah. Number three says, I will serve the ministry of the gathering by discovering my gifts and talents, by being equipped to serve as needed by my pastors and teachers, and by developing a servant's heart. And the fourth one just says, I will support the testimony of the gathering by attending faithfully, faithfully, by living a godly life, and by giving regularly. Just a covenant relationship statement. If... People have asked me, I had some folks, the folks I baptized last week asked me, said, well, what does it mean to be a member? I mean, they just didn't even know. They, 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 most of them in that family were baptized as infants in the Catholic Church, so they were just automatically part of what was going on. I said, well, I said, if you attend on Sunday mornings, you're a part of the gathering. I said, if you want to serve in ministries within the gathering, I said, we do ask that you sign this covenant relationship card just so that we know we're all in agreement together, that we're working for God's kingdom together. Then if you want to be an officer in this place, then yeah, you got to come and, and do the whole thing. If you ain't been d- buried, you baptized, we're going to dunk you. Okay? Just what it means. You know, because it's not about us. It's about God. It's about His kingdom. It's about the gospel. The point, this is the kingdom. Okay, kingdom of God, that's what the gathering is meant to be about. It's developed over the years. God has given us incredible opportunity and blessed us in so many ways. So I want to finish with this. If you know Jesus, then we are the gathering. Okay, if you don't know Jesus, we want you to know Jesus. That comes with an admission of sin. I know I'm fallen. I know I'm a sinner. God, 
Thank you that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I just ask that you forgive me and save me. You see? And yet as we begin 2023, let me ask this. And I'm not trying to guilt and shame anybody. But do we act lovingly toward God? Do we act lovingly toward each other for God? And are we serving together for the kingdom of God? That's our challenge. That's the mission. Okay? Pray with me. Father, thank You for today. Thank You, God, that that You loved us first and best and most. And God, I'm so grateful. I'm grateful for the gathering. I'm grateful that You made it something that, that I could never have conceived of. I couldn't have imagined what You intended 13 years ago. Matter of fact, it was in that first winter that I was so despondent asking myself, what have I done? And yet now, God, I look back over these years and I see people and relationships and I see the the body of Christ and the, the called out ones who gather so that we can love you back, so that we can agape you, God, in worship, in prayer, in Bible study. But God, let that not end here. Let, let us go out and love you by loving others, by loving each other. God, help us to show a world your love. God, I just pray for those that we'll come in contact with today, this week, that need the good news of Christ. God, help us to be able and in a place to share. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.